Today we have one of the most sought after journalists and speakers to talk about his predictions for the real estate market in 2024. Chris Linsell is our guest. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And today is our newest monthly series called Unpopular Real Estate Opinions with Chris Linsell. Now, Chris Linsell is a real estate technology analyst and director of content at large. He specializes in new solutions to old questions, constantly exploring the cutting edge of technology in the real estate space. Chris also has many years of experience as a licensed realtor in the state of Michigan and has worked as a marketer, a digital strategist, and a trainer for major national brands like Berkshire Hathaway Home Services of Michigan and Coldwell Banker Schmidt Realtors. Throughout his real estate career, Chris has been part of hundreds of transactions ranging from modest rural starter homes to multi-million dollar waterside compounds. An accomplished musician, actor, and speaker, Chris has engaged with audiences uh, sizes ranging from 30 to 3,000. Most recently, Chris was a featured speaker at the National Association of Realtors conference this past fall, and he's probably done other engagements even since. Uh, we are su- oh for all things Chris, please visit his website chrislinsell.com. Also, he posts a lot on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, we will have links to uh, Chris's uh, social media profiles. You can follow him there. Chris, welcome to the show once again. DJ, glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year, 2024. Here we are. Happy New Year. And I would also just really quickly like to say thank you to our audience. I got a very nice holiday gift. Um, I try not to bog myself down in the metrics of, of, of our show. However, we did have our very biggest month ever, which I didn't even know. I don't ever look at December numbers because they were always the lowest of the year. But uh, my marketing person shared our statistics just the other day with me for December. I was like, don't show me. And he goes, no, you want to see these? And they were actually up. So uh, thanks in part to Chris. Chris has actually been part of our show for years. And we have a a new feature for him now, which was very exciting, um, called Unpopular Real Estate Opinions. So we, this is our second episode in this series. We'll be doing this monthly. Um, Chris, let's uh, let's jump right into it. What's uh, yeah. 
what's unpopular right now in your mind? <laughs> oh, man. Well, DJ, again, thanks for having me back. Um, I love that every every time we, we get together now, I get to bring some of the topics that I talk about with people on social and uh, in person. And I'm just kind of earmarking all the ones <clears throat> that people yell at me the most about so that I can share them with you. Because just because people don't like it doesn't mean it ain't true. So I've got a few unpopular opinions that maybe we should chat about. The first is, and uh, you know, take this with a grain of salt here, but the first is 2024 is going to be a terrible year for real estate until it's not. And I know that sounds like a really weird way of saying it, but basically what I'm trying to get at here is that the beginning of 2024 is going to be challenging. We've got a lot of people who are prognosticating that 2024, the new year, it's going to be a, a, a brand new leaf. I don't think so, man. I, I think that the first half of 2024 is still going to be very challenging for a number of reasons. Um, but the second half of 2024 is likely to be one of the busiest times in real estate that we've seen in a long time, a certain, certainly compared to the first half of the year. So for agents who are looking to uh, do some forecasting for themselves on, on this year, I would be forecasting pretty lean until about June and then get your roller skates on because that's the only way you're going to be able to get, uh, get to and from fast enough to service all the clients that you're going to have. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. So it really will be sort of this diametrically opposed uh, in your mind, um, sort of halves of the year. So we'll have the, yeah. the have-nots maybe in the in the uh, uh -huh. in the first half of the year due to you know market constriction. We've got high interest rates. We have low inventory. We just have less activity. Quite yeah, frankly. and you know here's the reason why this this tends to be kind of a flashpoint issue for for folks is. Ultimately, some of the reasons why I think 2024, the second half is going to accelerate and not necessarily for the better of our clients, honestly, is um, we have in 2023 experienced this incredible constriction of of the market just in general. I mean, it was just it was a hard time to buy and sell a home in the United States. Um, and I'll, I'll even say hard time to sell a home, even though homes are, are fetching um uh record prices it's just a difficult time to sell because the markets feel so uncertain uh at the moment and that's making sellers nervous um we've just we experienced some record constriction uh in 2023 and um 2024 is going to be uh the year where all of the pent-up demand that occurred through 2023 and frankly still some leftover pent-up demand in covid um that's gonna kind of break loose and that's going to be really exciting and interesting but the reason why this is kind of an unpopular conversation topic is i don't think this is necessarily to the benefit of our clients because we're going to go from having um, quiet challenging markets to extraordinarily hot and competitive markets we're going to see whiplash uh, amongst our buyers very, very quickly, sellers with unrealistic timelines. And then you're going to layer in on top of all of that, these lawsuits faced by NAR that are going to create 
a whole new level of uncertainty around commissions, which is not something that was a part of the conversation from COVID through 2023, I guess the second half of 2023. But it's going to be a busy year in real estate. Real estate professionals need to keep their head on straight if they actually want to translate that busyness into benefit for their clients. Do you believe that that in the upcoming, let's say, 24, next 24 months, that there will be any reform to buyer side commissions? Great question. Where are they going to have to come to the table with with cash? Is it going to be built into their mortgage if they have one? Or is it still going to be all technically sourced by the seller and just maybe more transparently split? Great question. Here's a couple of things that I am confident it will not be. I'm confident it will not be built into a mortgage. The reason behind that is 99%, maybe 98.5% of mortgages in the United States have excuse me, particular stipulations that um, regulate that only real property can be used as a uh, this this tool can only be used to finance real property. So um, though there are um, certain percentage level exceptions to that that conveniently get applied by the banks and not by um, outside sources like you can you can actually roll in your closing costs and some loans into the mortgageable amount. Banks are happy to charge you interest on that stuff. Sure. Um, but the other fees and costs associated with real estate, I think, will be a very challenging hill to climb as far as rolling them into mortgages. To your specific question about whether or not I think we'll see any reform, the answer is yes. But I think the reform will occur on um, our on the level of professional bodies. I don't see uh, the United States as a, a governmental body passing any kind of mortgage reform in the next 24 months. Um, that is maybe a commentary on the state of politics in the United States, but just generally speaking, that seems like a no-win issue um, because you have particular interests on the part of consumers that happen to also um, kind of come up at odds uh, with the interests of one of the largest um, professional advocacy groups in the entire country, almost the world, in NAR. So I don't think there'll be any kind of movement um, from a from a legal perspective there. But I do think NAR will likely um, uh, in uh, install some new uh, internal um, uh, professional regulations. But they are just going to be tweaks to the initial um, to the existing law uh, uh, regs, which basically says you can offer optionally to pay a buyer's agent. It is not an assumed requirement like it, like it is now. Basically, which which is what got NAR in trouble before. It's going to become optional. You can choose whether or not you want to offer a buyer side. Um, and that just will become more explicit. What does that actually change? Pretty damn close to nothing, frankly. Right. I think we are going to, and and again, unpopularly, I understand this is going to be to the detriment of our consumers and to the detriment of us uh, professionally, because it's just going to extend the quagmire 
uh, through which we have to wade through on this issue. 2024 is going to be a year where we have to explain to every single client why that lawsuit happened, what the results were, and what it means to them. Um, and the real uh, kind of sticky wicket clients are going to be insisting that things change, even though they don't even know what they want them to change to, other than they just want to pay less. Um, so this is going to be a year where we should start rehearsing that conversation. Um, because again, first half of the year, it's going to be pretty quiet. The second half of the year, there's going to be an incredible amount of activity. So you're going to be having this conversation on a regular basis with people. So if if we do assume that the second uh, half of the year, quarters three and four, mm -hmm. are going to be more active, more buyers, certainly, uh, as rates uh, decline, which we hope happens and, and seems to be what the economists are predicting, uh, would you recommend as an agent today to really encourage the both sides, buyer and seller, or, or just one or neither, um, to participate in the market before it gets flooded with competition? Oh, big time. 100%. In fact, um, the real, uh, like the purchasing power of dollars is going to be, I'm sorry, let me, re let me rephrase that. The purchasing power of buyers is going to be measurably higher in the first half of the year. And the reason behind this is, um, you know, Lawrence Yoon from from NAR, chief economist from NAR, has, has publicly uh, predicted uh, that he expects to see interest rates um, hold steady for the first, you know, quarter or third of the year and then start to trickle down. That start, that, when we see mortgage rates trickle down, I am willing to bet uh uh i'm willing to bet the backyard on the fact that when we see four weeks in a row of trickled down mortgage rates we're going to see an increase um uh out of out of that um, um a disproportionately large increase in buyer activity so the reduction in mortgage rates are going to be offset by this buyer activity and yeah. it's going to make it harder and more expensive at the end of the day to buy a house because right. even though that rate is going to go down the competition is going to go up by a disproportionate percentage so if you have clients who are waiting on the sidelines right now saying well i'm not I, i'm ready to buy a house but i'm not going to buy it until i have a mortgage rate that you know starts with 6.2 uh these are people who uh, the banks are just salivating over because, yeah, they might get a 6.2% mortgage rate, but the purchase price on their home isn't going to be $410,000 or whatever the median price is right now. It's going to be $460,000. They're going to make more money. The banks will make more money at lower rates if we see that trickle, that slow trickle down. Um, 2024 is going to be a challenging year um, to get the timing right. And whenever I say, uh, whenever I'm talking to people about how uh, to effectively service their real estate clients when it comes to market timing, I always tell them, if you have a client who thinks that they're going to time the market, this is somebody that you should refer because this is somebody who will waste your time and when it is actually time, when they actually feel like they're activated, they will never be satisfied because the window for their success 
is non-existent despite what they actually say yeah it's just it's a, a very strong point um yes and that that being said as an agent today what would be i think really beneficial is that realtors start proactively contacting clients and having these conversations and having mm -hmm. this explanation of here's why it might make sense to list today or to get into the buyer side um you know, and, and talking about there are creative financing solutions. I know we, yep. we wanted to get into some some solutions to help uh, help buyers a little bit more when interest yep. rates are high. But also, um, just having the conversation of it's it's very similar to having the the buy low, sell high conversation when when you know we're talking about securities and financial mm -hmm. advisors. Um, you know, if they're if if they're worth their salt, they. Uh, you know, once a stock is up significantly, it is not the time to purchase traditionally. That's true. Um, yeah. So, but it, but psychologically, it feels like the time to buy because things are looking good um, yeah. in the in the stock market. So we we know that logically, but emotionally, that's sort of the hurdle people have to get over. And I think the emotional hurdle gets extinguished or or gets cleared uh, very easily with logic. But yeah. that, I think it has an information it has to be communicated and that's not necessarily the message that I'm seeing a lot on uh, in, in the media right now I'm seeing a lot of um yeah we'll talk about mortgage rates I'm not seeing a lot of talk about whether it's actually a good time to purchase and mm -hmm. what the logic behind that is uh, yeah. or to sell and, yeah. and I think this is where a realtor can really earn their stripes by reaching out to their clients and saying, hey, here's what really is not being talked about. And if you have data to back it up, even better to say, you know, let's go back a couple of years when rates were below 4% and let's take a look at what the average prices of homes you might be looking at purchasing. Let's see what they closed for. Let's see what they listed for and let's see what they closed for. And 100%. let's remember what, the, what those times were if you were an agent back then. If not, the data is there. You can go back and look. And you will, you will, you know, we, we can all shudder from, from a little bit of those times about how difficult it was mm -hmm. to just do much of anything if you're yeah. on the buy side. hundred percent. In fact, any agents, I, I'm going to give, I'm going to give anybody who's listening, if you are feeling motivated by DJ's, um, uh, golden words of wisdom, which you all should <laughs> be feeling motivated by here. Um, if you are, are, if you just made a mental note um, that you need to start talking to your clients about opportunities relative to kind of the expected timing of this market. I'm going to give you some ammunition here. Um, and this is actually, again, I'm going to, I'm going to use an unpopular opinion here. Everyone who's listening to this, take it, steal this, put this in your quiver as a provocative topic to get a conversation started. Real estate in 2024 is not going to have an inventory problem. It's going to have a mortgage problem. And what I mean by that is, yeah, it's true that we don't have enough, enough inventory to service the needs of the buyers, but the root of the inventory problem is mortgage rates. And um, we were talking earlier. Remind me what you said. What, what percentage of, of homeowners in the United States currently have a mortgage rate less than 5%? 85%. 85 i mean that's insane 85 out of every 100 homeowners have a mortgage rate of less than five percent and i would venture to guess i don't have the numbers in front of me <clears throat> excuse me but i would venture to guess there's a sizable um percentage of people with a mortgage rate of less than four percent right now and so this is a choke point in the inventory cycle 
that is going to create havoc for um for inventory issues and again it is this is a mortgage problem if you are if you want to take dj's advice and start having these conversations open with that line we don't have an inventory we have problem we have a mortgage problem and then you can you can um stretch out dj's um uh suggestions around the sorts of things that you should do to facilitate that conversation take it a step further we have data from just i mean from the last year and a half of what um what the price of homes were when um the, when they closed at certain mortgage rates and we had we we had a mortgage rate ascent i mean in the last 2 years we had a section a couple of months where mortgage rates were between two and a half and three percent, and a couple of months between the three and three and a half, and so on and so on and so on. You can look back to each of those sections and look at the median prices of homes that are closing in your market, and then you can use those those prices and adjust for inflation. And you can say, okay, here in today's dollars, here's where these homes were closing. If then you have data. You are armed with data to go to your consumers and say, listen, this is what we can expect. If mortgage rates hit this amount, this is where the median price is going to be. And you're going to have an incredible amount of competition here. Is this where you want to be as a buyer? What's the perfect window for you? Um, what is what is the what is going to serve you best? And if you are servicing seller clients, you can tell folks right now, like, where is based on based on what we expect this trajectory of this market to be what's going to be the price that's going to get you to your goals because ultimately right now servicing sellers is not about selling their house it is that that is a relative conclusion based on the the constriction of inventory servicing sellers is all about finding them their next place if you can unlock that key if you essentially treat your sellers as buyers, because that's what they yep. are right now, um, then you you unlock more inventory for the market. So take that advice, use that line. We don't have an inventory problem. We have a mortgage problem. That is something that we need to solve um, and start talking through strategy. You're going to get more people leaning forward into your conversations than sitting back and being passive. I also think too, I, I talk to a lot of top luxury agents who get these massive listings for, let's say, you know, 5 million and above these just incredibly high net worth individuals who are playing at, at, at this, you know, top 1% level of, of income and, 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 uh, and, and just wealth. Um, what's interesting and and again, I'm as not, as a non-practicing agent, I didn't know this until I, until somebody told me years ago. But that when you sell a you know uh, x you know per million dollar home, um, one of the challenges is is actually finding the buyer. Actually, mm -hmm. listing it on the MLS is is oftentimes not that um, uh, it, it, not as successful as actually reaching out to people who can afford those kind of homes directly and saying, "Hey, I've got this new listing." Um, reaching out to agents who have worked in in those same price points and saying. What buyers do you know? I've got this mm -hmm. listing. You need to come see it. And I'm almost wondering if we'll start to see a shift 
for even on the non-luxury side, uh, listing agents starting to reach out to homeowners who do not have their listing on the market and saying, I'm in the process of selling so-and-so's home. They need a new place. And you know, it, it's kind of similar to what uh, real estate investors have done for years, where they just send postcards to these multifamily mm-hmm. homes going, hey, if you're the owner, I'd like to buy your property. And they just kind of hope that somebody reaches back out. I'm curious if we'll start to see more of that this year. Yeah, I am too. I mean, it's like... <laughs> in in again in some of the weirdest ways it feels like 2024 is going to be um a cycle of a lot of the things that we don't do anymore that maybe we're going to start doing again and will it actually be effective will we actually be able to test the effectiveness of these strategies i mean ultimately what it really comes down to is there's always going to be changes in every market including real estate you know we're a cyclical business if 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 we never cycled, we would have a fundamentally unhealthy market um, that was based, you know, that is propped up on artificial things. We should cycle every market cycles. Ultimately, though, um, what is going to separate the real performers um, from the pretenders uh, as real estate professionals are the ones who can anticipate the cycles and get ahead of. Um, you know, kind of run to where the ball is going to be instead of just always chasing after the ball. Yeah, and I think this, we were talking about this offline about really figuring out since going back to mortgages being uh, or or the housing market having a mortgage problem this year, um, really thinking about creative ways to appease or solve for that. And there are, there are creative solutions. Uh, There's all sorts of, you know, solutions. And this would be, I think, a great time to really reach out to those top loan officers in your local market and say, hey, let's, let's brainstorm here. You know, Mm -hmm. what, what ammo can I come with to convince a seller that it's a good time to list and how can we appeal most successfully to buyers? Um, And does the seller help in, in that? Uh, and and we know that you know two one buy downs for example are mm-hmm. are a pretty common alternative um, right now to, mm-hmm. in, to you know incentivize uh, buyers to to get off the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, any what other suggestions do you have for agents who are just sort of unclear about what to do right now? Well, I mean, ultimately, the most successful agents, especially when we're trying to solve financing problems. The most successful agents are the ones who are going to do two things better than their competitors. The first is they are going to leverage the best connections in their market to professionals who do things that they cannot do. So, like, there is a limited amount. It's not it's not zero, but there's a limited amount of value that you can provide to your clients when they have mortgage-specific questions. Um you can definitely provide a 30,000 foot view, maybe even a 10,000 foot view of, of the options of the strategy and the way to apply those different options. But at the end of the day, your advice can only extend so far because you don't have the ability to exercise and actually put into action some of those financial instruments that will get your clients across the finish line. So, there's a, I think 2024 is going to be a year where your connections to really savvy and thoughtful mortgage brokers of all stripes, 
ones that conduct FHA and RD loans, ones that specialize in jumbo or luxury loans, ones that um, optimize for speed. I guarantee you there will be somebody in your um, 2024 real estate world who's going to need a mortgage in eight days. I mean, it's just there is going to be a client. We're just, we're just going to see that kind of volatility in the market. If you've got a mortgage person who can optimize for speed, you are going to be uh, a winner. So these are these are the like kind of the base level, but there's this whole other um, element too, especially for folks who are not going to necessarily be perfectly serviced um, by the mortgage industry, primarily because the interest rates are not where they need to be. If you have financial advisors who can um, generate uh, ideas on how to use existing wealth, how to create loans from uh, perhaps existing assets. If you have um, financial managers who can, you know, if you are somebody who is fortunate enough to have um, like uh, uh, retirement savings or investment accounts that you don't have to liquidate, but you can borrow against, this is something I'm seeing um, begin to rise in the mortgage space. Um, or in replacement of mortgages is people borrowing against investment accounts um, because the loans are processed differently, the interest rates are different, and it still frees people up to keep that money invested. They're just borrowing against that money. Um, the agents, if you if you are struggling with answering some of these questions, get connected with the people in your market who answer these questions in other contexts, because yeah. these are going to be your best friends for generating um, transactions. Because ultimately, unless you've got a mortgage license and work for a bank, there's only so much advice that you can give. So connect with the people who actually can actualize that advice. So we're talking about accountants, uh, we're talking about financial advisors, yep. CPA, uh, financial planners, uh, also estate planning attorneys. Uh -huh. We're really talking about the, this would be a great time to reach out to some of these professionals and say, hey, I want to give my clients the best possible opportunities this year for you know moving and you know we need to explore, I would love to explore some any 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 creative ideas you have based on different levels of wealth or, or net worth. Totally. Um, there's all sorts of solutions. Mortgage let me letters, give you, of course, too. Yeah, let me give you one other kind of alternative. A lot of people don't think of this, um, but um, if you have clients who are looking to buy in um, HOA-dominated buildings or neighborhoods or co-ops, um, I can tell you, from personal experience, because I'm on the HOA of my neighborhood. Ooh, that is most, a, that is a thankless job, Chris. We 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 appreciate on behalf of your association. We appreciate your listen. Your somebody's service. got to keep the roads plowed, and I'm not driving the plow, so I'll help write the checks. For you. Um, Sorry, I just had to. I had to appreciate you because I know nobody else does. So, uh, well, honestly, I, DJ it means a lot coming from you. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, but this is an underutilized uh, resource. But most HOAs that were formed after um, 2008 require new residents to include in their um, to include in their initiation into the neighborhood their financing information. Yeah. And though uh, there are different, you know, every, every HOA has their own rules. Most HOAs require the um, specific information around 
um, the details of individual uh, residents to remain confidential. But there is nothing in most bylaws that say that HOA reps can't talk about these things in aggregate. So, for instance, if you're looking to get into a neighborhood, like if you've got a client who's looking to get into a neighborhood um, and you're struggling with how to solve the financing problem, go to the HOA board and say, listen, we're trying to solve the financing here. We want to make an offer. We want to live here. How have other people paid to get in here? Totally. And they're, they can tell you. In fact, most of them, they have a vested interest in you buying in there yes. because they want to fill their slots. They want to, they want to uh, make sure that the HOA is solvent. So they can say, well, 50% of people bought with cash. 50% of people, you know, 30% of people bought with a uh, with a conventional mortgage. Uh, 20% of people bought with um, uh, maybe maybe with a loan um, from uh, from a stock portfolio. Five uh, percent of people were land contract. Uh, you know, whatever it is, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know the specifics. But go to these HOAs. They have all this information. They can tell you this is especially valuable in major urban centers where you have buildings that have hundreds of units. I mean, they can tell you, like, in the last 10 years, the percentage of people that bought in cash were X. I mean, it is, it is that information is available. They want you to have it because they want you to buy in there. So they're not going to tell you that the guy in 2J, you know, uh, bought in cash, but they can tell you X percentage of uh, transactions that occurred in the last uh, 10 years have been in cash or have been in traditional mortgages. So there are there are means to uh, to get this information. You just have to figure out who is actualizing that information and go right to the source. I love that. Well, I think that's a, a great place to wrap up. So for those of us that have HOA opportunities, um, reach out to the HOA and, and say, hey, we're, we would love to know what creative solutions people have used uh, to, to you know, uh, secure their, their, their transaction. Um, you know, how have people done this? Are there any lenders that you've seen time and time again come mm -hmm. through the HOA that people seem to be satisfied with in, in maybe a unique way? Uh, the, the this happened in my own building when when we were buying there was one lender who just seemed to get things done uh, in a really super creative way that other lenders couldn't and talk it happened among a lot of the um, uh, people who were buying we we were all mm -hmm. chatting with each other which was very unusual but we were all talking about it because we were all experiencing this one issue and somebody says oh I've got the person and we all kind of went to that person and there's you know it, that person got a lot of business but it was because they had a creative solution so yeah I think that's a wonderful idea well Chris I think this is a great place to sort of wrap up for today mm -hmm. I know we could keep talking and I know there's a lot more I certainly want to talk about um, and I know this is near and dear to your heart in our next conversation um, about sort of vulnerability with with data, uh, cyber attack mm -hmm. stuff. Um, we, we know MLSs have been compromised and we know that that also the you know the real estate uh, in industry, um, at least the National Association of Realtors and everything underneath it, uh, has struggled to keep up with with tech. Mm. And so we we know there's a lot of vulnerability there that we should probably talk about and how agents can sort of prepare for some, you know, some of that disruption because it, it has already it has already happened. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, we will we will 
keep that for our next conversation along with anything else. By the way, it please follow Chris on uh, LinkedIn and anywhere else that he is posting on social. We'll have links because he posts a lot of these unpopular opinions. And if you disagree and you have a, a differing viewpoint, please let Chris know and we will mm-hmm. bring that up on our show. So I will be monitoring this stuff as well. So please follow Chris, Chris Linsell, L-I-N-S-E-L-L. Again, links to his social will be in our uh, our show notes and please follow him on uh, his website chrislincell.com he is a sought after speaker he travels all over the country all year round speaking at conferences all specifically real estate related and he is the guy to uh, to to talk about when it comes to predictions uh, he is tapped every year uh, for the last many years for National Association of Realtors to talk about predictions. This is the guy. So please reach out to him. He'd love to speak to your association, maybe even your brokerage. Uh, ChrisLinsell.com is where you can find and reach out him directly. Again, also follow him on social. Chris, great to see you again. And uh, we will uh, we'll be doing this every month this year. So um, see everybody on the next episode. A thank you to all of our listeners. I wanted to I can't remember if I said this at the beginning of the episode or if I said this just to Chris, but we had our biggest month ever in December. Sorry if this is, I said this twice, but um, that was incredible to us. So thank you to everyone who has been following us and supporting us. And thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Chris, who selflessly comes on here every single month. And of course, to the audience who continues to tell a friend about our show. All right. I will see everybody on the next episode. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon.